Hello and welcome back to the Double Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan. Today I'm joined by my lovely cohort of Star Wars fans. Alex. Hi. Wyatt. Unfortunately, I'm a Star Brett. Wars fan. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode number 109. It's also, this is the May the 4th episode. May the 4th be with you. Ha ha, funny Star Wars time. Uh, we're going to do some funny Star Wars things, because that's that's the theme. That's the week. Yep. Great. <laughs> Understood. Mm-hmm. I have Yoda's the, uh, understudy right here. a great start. You're killing yep. it, Ryan. Well, this is, for anyone on audio, this will be a heavily visual episode. <laughs> At least we are sorry, but only a We're little bit. sorry. Check the YouTube or the Twitch, and you can find it there. Uh, audio listeners love you. Not that much. Um, <laughs> don't cast. Wow. Alex, just nice... Nice job. Uh, so we did a video game fantasy league last year, and everyone else aside from me was truly horrible at it. Just <laughs> truly awful, terrible job all around, uh, which means I was able to dictate that everyone must now create their fan fiction as to how Palpatine rose again for Rise of Skywalker with some some little twists thrown in. Uh and of course, because I'm a masochist, I did it myself too. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and get started with that, get it out of the way, and then we're just gonna talk some Star Wars stuff for a little while and have a fun, fun day. You know, it's it's the lax episode. We do what we want. Imagine and that. We don't, we're, we're not beholden to anyone. We're gonna talk about Star Wars, and we're gonna have a good time. Hopefully, rather than just get angry. <laughs> Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I don't think. I hope my part isn't controversial. <laughs> I don't think it can be, but we'll see. <laughs> Me too, Alex. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Without further ado, just to, to set a level of expectation as to what these presentations are, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And for your context here, I don't remember the order that I put these slides in. I don't know what uh, the story is here. I'm going to go up, come up with it as I was going along. I made all of these in a game called Such Art. And the way that I formulated this story was based on the commissions that I got in that game. That's where where the art goes. It follows the whims of the people paying money to see it. So we begin with the Death Star. Obviously the Death Star 1 exploding, but what's that? It's There's an escape pod on the Death Star. And as we all know, Palpatine was not on the original Death Star, right? It wasn't a thing. But guess what? He actually was. He was on the Death Star, and then he landed in his escape pod on a primitive planet and made friends with a husky man. (laughs) That's the progression that has happened here, and then he looks up the moon reminiscing of the old days of destroying planets with his big starship, now in the past. But oh no, what comes next? Evil Ray. Evil Ray is not actually a a figment of Ray's imagination. Never mind this is all happening many years before Ray was probably even born. This Evil Ray is Ray's mother. Right? So this is Evil Ray. And that is her name. (laughs) There's no nothing here, but what is Evil Ray's goal? Evil Ray corrupts the husky man (laughs) into becoming the tiger god. (laughs) Oh, Look at that uh look at that outfit. 
the Tiger God is now no longer friends with Palpatine, and Palpatine's very upset. So we move to see the Death Star 2 being constructed. The Evil Ray was taking a nice beach break on the sand with her, her towel and her umbrella and realizes it's her time to shine. But guess what? When Palpatine was on the Death Star 1, that was actually already a clone. Palpatine was cloned long, a long time ago. We already had the technology. So there were two Palpatines the entire time, and this is why we needed a fifth video game to explain why there were two of them, because one of them died in the first game on the NES. So now you've got this whole situation where there's two of them, right? Two Palpatines. One of them followed the movie timeline we know. One of them took a break on a, on a planet with a husky man that then got corrupted by evil. So what eventually happens? Ray's mother and Palpatine, of course, Ray's mother being Palpatine's daughter, fight. And then guess what? We're left in a fade to black as Palpatine number two dies uh, as the Death Star 2 explodes. This Palpatine obviously defeats Evil Ray and becomes the Palpatine we see, but he's heavily scarred, and that's why he's all hooked up to machinery in Rise of Skywalker. Then the timeline is concluded, I'm Ray. Good. Cool. I really like the uh, the tiger god's uh, lingerie. Very, oh yeah, of course, of course. Very, very stylish. <laughs> of course it is. Look. Got a got a little Willem Dafoe down there. <laughs> when someone asks you to portray them in art that shows their inner tiger, this is what happens. <laughs> And you have, you have a, a very interesting uh, uh, collage of different art styles going on. You have someone who, you know, he, he seems to have more, you know, full features. And then when you first show, you know, Evil Ray, it's it's stick figure. And and so you're yep. always keeping us guessing as to what kind of... Um, and you see, I, uh, I messed with some charcoal here, some, some different right, formats, right. mixed it with regular uh, lines. Right. Two types it's, of stick figure. There's a lot, of, a lot of variety. Art. There's a lot of variety here. And of course, the, the words are terrible because everything was drawn with my mouse. <laughs> of course, of course. I think that goes for all of us. Should, That's how it has be to be. Said. All right. So with that, who wants to go ahead and queue theirs up next? I'll go. Why Wait, not? Should we go in the order of how we lost, I guess? Uh, maybe. Does I, anyone... I, I think listen, Brett has stated he has things. <laughs> all right. To show, so we're gonna leave Brett to last. Okay, oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Let's I'm see sorry. If I remember. So if I hit present now, is that just is that gonna yep. is it gonna ask me for like a yep. like a specific? Don't worry. It's not. I'm not showing the screen until it's up. So you don't have to worry about seeing anything. Okay. Cool. Um. So I hope that's that's adequately set your uh expectations of the quality level we're looking at here mm -hmm. okay, cool don't look don't look not looking all right here we go i set a blank slide first because i have a i have a bit of a preamble actually so okay, okay. an opening so, so text crawl would you say so here's the thing I, I, oftentimes i i take a project and i overthink it right sometimes i shoot for the stars when uh i, I really don't have the time so i i, I really and I really got into writing this story. It was a story, the, the more I was, it started off as a joke, obviously, as most things do on this podcast. But the more I was writing it, the more I realized that this is a story that needs to be told. This is a story that, that you know, should be canonized. And so mm -hmm. 
this isn't just for a fun little, you know, May 4th gag. Disney, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, I am talking directly to you right now. This is a call out. This is a, this is, listen, Star Wars, this is a bit of a mess, and I'm here to get you out of that mess. Because I have the perfect TV show to help you bridge the gap between the original trilogy and the of sequels. Course. And it's called The Book of Palpy and Boo-Boo. Oh Excellent. <laughs> this, this is a TV show that I think would really turn your Star Wars franchise around. And it, of course, starts with the destruction of the second Death Star. Because here's the thing. As we all know, the second Death Star was not finished. It, it, you know, was only about 50% complete, even just physically. And so what happened was, most people assume the Palpatine, you know, died when, when he fell down that, that you know, uh, hole, and then there's this giant explosion. Wrong. Mm-hmm. As I said, this is an unfinished Death Star. He was actually sent into hyperspace because of the of faulty hyperdrive within, because it wasn't finished yet. Mm-hmm. And he lands on a planet called Celos, where, you know, as was set up in The Last Jedi, Jedi and Sith can just fly through space, and they're totally fine. Of course. So mm-hmm. he, he, he flies near this planet, and he decides to make contact, and he's like, I have survived. Now, here's the thing about Celos. One of the many, many creatures that live on this planet are called Jupas. They're these giant, giant worms. And they are terrifying, and they are huge. This is Boo Boo, son of Bongo. My God, Bongo, as you may remember, was the giant, giant Jupa that was featured in an episode of Star Wars Rebels. This is his son. He is out for revenge. He he needs to find the clones and the Jedi that killed his father. And so Palpatine and Boo Boo make a deal. Palpatine is like, if you help me, you know, if you scratch my back, I scratch yours. This is this whole thing. I'm going to help you find who killed your parents, and you're going to help me take back the galaxy. And so from the wreckage of two destroyed AT-ATs and an ATTE that killed Boo-Boo's father, they construct a giant technology-infused Jupa in which they fly around the galaxy. Looking, of course. Looking for Rey, looking for any remnants of the Empire so that he could get his, his reign reinstated. But time waits for no man, no Jedi, no, no Sith. And so eventually he crash lands on Exegol, where Jupa sadly passes away. And he uses the rest of the technology to make sure he's still alive and then decides to wait for Ray, where he wants to kill her, and then he wants Ray to kill him, and then none of it makes any sense. And it really is just a heartwarming story about a man it and is. his Drupa. It is. I, I really think I really think Palpy and, and, and Boo Boo, I, I think it's a story that needs to be told. I think it's heartwarming. I think it's charming. I it's think about family. It's about, it's about family. And that's what's really, that's what's so special about it. Of course, of course. Wonderful story. Alex, are you ready to share your masterpiece? Oh god. Here I go, I guess. <laughs> um let's go with a tab. 
I believe. That's probably the easiest choice if you are sharing a Google tab. I was going to have a bit where I hired an artist to do the, all the art for me, but then I just forgot it in my opening monologue. For some well, reason. it's <laughs> not letting me share anything outside this, and it's on a and for some reason, this keeps opening up on Microsoft Edge instead of Chrome. Uh, <laughs> a window, mayhaps? There we go. Okay. Share. Sharing the window. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure. Okay. There we go. Slideshow mode. Excellent. Okay. So we open up. At the beginning of when Palpatine is thrown down uh, whatever uh, mysterious tube that was by Darth Vader in in his uh, the ominous triumphant shaft. rebellion. Yeah, the ominous mm. shaft. So here we have Palpatine. Yeah, he, he's a... He can, he can feel he's getting closer to space. He's running out of oxygen. And he can't uh, survive off in the vacuum of space because that's a stupid idea that shouldn't have been canonized. <laughs> I take Good. offense to that. <laughs> you shouldn't. The create the the people who were in charge of that movie should. Oh. Um so here we have he's falling down the chute. Oh, oh no. But <laughs> my dark prince, <laughs> it is time. He says Excellent. to he says to himself but also to to a mysterious uh, other party that is off screen somewhere, and then he fa he he starts to fade away as he exits the tube, and he resigns himself to death temporarily. Here we see him uh, popping out of the the Death Star chute <laughs> into course. the vacuum of space. The trio of uh, tubes shooting him yeah. out. Yeah, there could be multiple tubes shooting multiple people out. We don't know how many different uh, people were thrown down. Stories tubes. were going on mm -hmm. in the in the Star Destroyer. <laughs> Wait, the Death Star. Death Star, yeah. I keep confusing it. Um, and then here we have it. Uh, hide that. Uh, Death Star exploding in the distance. Uh, Palpatine landing Alex with a front no, you, you have stopped your stream. You've oh stopped. no! Oh no! Um, oh god, how do I get it back? Uh, uh, a window. You've hit the no-no button. <laughs> oh crap, of course I have. Um. No, this is just uh, all part of the presentation. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it represents Palpatine's... Work. Feelings being lost as he fractured mind <laughs> slides through through the chute, the ominous shaft. There we go. Okay, it's back. I hope. There yep, we go. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, um. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, landing on some random asteroid mm -hmm. with a lot of cracking and crunching of the the bones that are now probably turned into powder. Of course. Um, but we see a ship. Approaching in a di in the distance, what looks to be the silhouette of an imperial shuttle, and we hear inside the ship, "There he is, sir. We found the body." And a mysterious voice. Of course. Good. We go 
The ship has landed on the asteroid, or is about to land. The door on the back starts to open up, and we see the mysterious silhouette. The mysterious silhouette. Of a certain Sith Lord. Who could it be? (laughs) I wonder whose silhouette it could possibly be. It is Tom. We have oh my God. Jar Jar, <laughs> who in a fourth wall-breaking moment says to Palpatine's corpse, Abrams has a plans for you. Excellent. Holding his lightsaber aloft, giving the scene ominous lighting. That's awesome. And then <laughs> we come to the method of which Palpatine is brought back to life. <laughs> a juicy kiss. Oh my god, I love the blush lines and everything. <laughs> throw up. Yeah, I'm gonna throw up. Leave this up for a moment, Alex, no, as I capture no. the thumbnail of this video. <laughs> no, don't have it be the thumbnail. You have to save it. You have to save it. No, this is good. This is, good. This is, good. This is perfect, no context thumbnail. There's no oh words. Now, it was incredibly vital to this process that they had to French and swap some saliva. <laughs> of That's course, how the cloning you, process works. As you can see here, Darth Jar Jar was transferring some of his life energy into the body of Palpatine. God. Obviously. And of course, it, it does involve Palpatine's face kind of turning into a snout. <laughs> it's literally like mushing I love, apart. I love the oh, absolutely. one strand of hair that just... It just pops up. Yep. <laughs> it's perfect. And then we come to the scene that we cut to black after. Palpatine's eyes opening up. <laughs> he has returned. <laughs> oh, it's My God. truly, truly beautiful. <laughs> what you're saying is true love brought Palpatine back from the dead. That's yes. true. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I, dude, like that, that image on like a thumbnailed scale is going to be completely incomprehensible to people who don't know what it is yet. They're going, what is, what? Start with this is like, this is just like, like a black void. What the hell? People are, people are just going to think we're watching like Star Wars, like, like, Newgrounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Newgrounds. We're going to go on to like, like deviant art and just look up the most like cursed Perfect. Star Wars stuff. Oh my of god. course. Oh I mean, it's really it. just a a beautiful story about true love. It's yeah. true and French yeah. kissing. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, every story about true right. love obviously needs a gungan. Somewhere. Although I have a question for you. I have a question for you. What would French kissing be called in the Star Wars universe? What do you think it would be called? I mean, if Jar Jar invented it, Glorp. I, I obviously. Huh. Hundred percent. I I don't see any way in which that ever isn't what it's called. Do you, do you see the smiley face? Yes. yes. Are we? All right. Do we still see the just, smiley face? Mm-hmm. All right. Give we are able to do this on the correct scene again. Brett, it's your your time to shine. Take us away. All right. Ooh. Well, we have uh, Rogue One and Han Solo, a Star Wars story. It's time for Palpatine, a Star Wars story. Of course. The year is 2019. Oh. Now an extremely old, decrepit wrinkle man, Sheev Palpatine has gone from Sith Lord to Chancellor to Emperor, all the way to washed-up celebrity. As the years relentlessly churn forward, so has his heart churned for a return to his former greatness. Having locked himself 
in his home to become a hermit. He has done nothing but play Peggle 2 on the Xbox Live Arcade since the release of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. As such, his understanding of the modern world may be a bit lacking, but he seems to know a way that he can earn back his old fame. There he is. <laughs> Sitting in the void. Excellent. That's just me My playing life Infinite. is falling apart around me. One can only listen to Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt so many times before it becomes <laughs> comedic. Why Excellent. must it be so difficult to find a job in this economy? I'm practically a household name. Things like Starbucks and Barnes and Noble should be scrambling to hire me in an instant due to my past experience with customer service. Is this ableism in action? Is this wonderful world so cold as to shun a kind old man such as myself from all of society? Well, in college, they did always say to make as many friends as possible so you could have connections in times like these. I haven't rung anyone in so long. I wonder if my old pals will even find it in their hearts to pick up. If what a know wonderful. one man who will certainly pick up for a dire situation like this, no! it is him. Oh, man, that's a blast from the past. Hello. <laughs> who is this? Oh, hello, Master Yoda. It's been so long. How have you been since we last uh, partied? Palpatine? Call me at such a late hour, you must not. Yoda, won't you help an old friend out? Don't you remember all the wacky times we had back at university? Palpatine, 3 a.m. it is. <laughs> you see, Yoda, I've been in a slump for a few years. Like, uh, when did Revenge of the Sith come out? Done nothing since episode 3, you have. Serious, are you? You shouldn't be so hard on an old pal, little green man. Tired I am, Sheev. A busy day I have tomorrow. Just hear me out, you adorable little bastard. Don't you remember all those wonderful times we had in our third-year dorm? I mean, we're talking some unforgettable stuff, my dude. So many Papa John's chicken nuggies. So many 3 a.m. sandwiches. So many stupid pictures of you hung up in the holes. So much butt-chugging. <laughs> No, what an ass <laughs> to hang up so abruptly on an old friend such as I is a betrayal most foul. Somewhere in here there has to be someone who will listen to my plight. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Oh, this no. might be the way. <laughs> mm, yes, hello. George. Oh, holy cow, Chief Palpatine, is that you calling me on my landline phone at 3 a.m. in the morning? Oh, please, George, you must listen to my plight. I'm beyond down on my luck and I need some help. Do you... Would you happen to be working on another film that needs someone to play an evil and extremely old and wretched emperor and old mastermind? Please, George, you've got to help me. Why, you see, Palpy, therein lies the rub, because I don't own the legal rights to the property of Star Wars anymore. Sold it to <laughs> Disney specifically so that Star Wars 1313 wouldn't come out. I don't know, I really didn't like the look oh. of that game. It was kind of... What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> then, then my chances of getting my life back together truly are back at zero. I'm, I'm sorry for bothering you so late, George. Wait, Palpatine, don't hang up just yet. I might have an idea. What? Really? Yeah, I know a guy. Yeah, he's the guy who's writing the new Star Wars movie that's coming out this holiday season only in theaters. God. His name's J.J. Abrams. 
Apparently, they already finished principal <laughs> photography and have, been, have begun the editing process, but JJ keeps telling me he has no idea what the plot of the movie's gonna be, and he just filmed a bunch of random garbage for the vine. <laughs> now I don't really know what the vine is, and to be quite frank with you, I forgot what Star Wars is too, which is also why I sold it, but if JJ still doesn't know the plot of his own dang movie, then maybe you can <laughs> um, perhaps step in and give him a hand. I think it'd be perfect for you, Paptimus. <laughs> and then... On the night of the release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, a miracle happened. Let's go, baby! The Rise of Skywalker sweep! The Rise of Skywalker is not only the greatest film ever made, but also the single greatest idea ever conceived by sentient thought. Claude and Palpatine both received 400 Oscars each for their heartbreaking performances as husband and wife, with a 483% on Rotten Tomatoes. That isn't a miracle. I don't know what is. Brett, you've created something truly magnificent. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. God. Magnificent. Excellent. Standing ovation. Magnificent! Oh Look, I can't God. standing ovation or I will be out of frame. <laughs> that that is works. Jesus. Absolutely wow. glorious. Fantastic. Thank you. This is going to be a true fever dream of an episode. Oh, of course. <laughs> but unfortunately, this I can't guarantee one... you it is all real. Sheeve can be the hurt one you. That everyone watches out of context of anything else that we do. <laughs> just got to corner the new market of Star Wars terribly ideated no, no no just end there star wars terribly that's it end star wars terribly <laughs> ideated things that, that's the entire brand now all right so <laughs> after that glorious wow set of presentations so they need to hire you for both roles <laughs> it's time to do the regular star wars discussion which is basically just a couple of us played some Star Wars games. We're going to talk for a few minutes about some games that we didn't get the chance to talk about because they either came out before the podcast started or, you know, we didn't talk about them because they, they weren't that interesting at the time. So that's, that's the, the pitch. That's the discussion. Great. Good. <laughs> Let's kick it off with a game that we, we discussed this a little bit when it came out, but I don't think any of us brought it up again at all because like we brought it up. I think the day it released, and then we're like, oh, we played like a couple hours, it was fun. That's Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, yeah. We played very little of this game before we talked about it, and then we never spoke about it again. Yeah. So I went back. It's accurate (laughs) to the whole game. (laughs) I went back and and played a bit, and man, it's a good game, but I've... I think playing Project Wingman... In the span between Star Wars Squadrons and experiencing that has raised my expectations for every like story-based flight game. Yep. Regardless of what they are, and Squadrons, I think, is a a fun game that should absolutely exist. I do. It's not in that tier of Star Wars video games that Battlefront, EA Battlefront One, mm-hmm. kind of solely resides in now. But I do think. It's kind of the game that shot me over, and I don't, I don't know why that is. I'm curious how, uh, especially Brett, you feel about it because I know 
you were pretty positive on Squadrons when it came out, and then from Wyatt, I've heard that you weren't that positive on it later. What happened? I so I when when it came out, I mean, it's just like everyone's excited for a, a new Star Wars Rogue Squadron adjacent game. You know, it's adds at least like the the heart is still beating within the franchise for some cool, fun starfighter games, um, and you know, especially when it was first out, like there's everything about it is new. So it's all like yeah. just a flood of new things entering my brain. Uh, and it's it's Star Wars, and they didn't try to do anything stupid with it. So it's it's pretty much all all satisfying to someone who's just going in and absorbing the stuff. Man, that's awesome. Um, you know, is are is the balance of certain things the best? No. Does it control very good compared to other flight games? No, and it doesn't really give you the option to make the controls more like other arcade flight games, and it just kind of makes things a little weird. Um, but I like the... Uh, this is like the one game where you have like that power diverting thing where you can do the thing they always say, oh, divert power to shields! And it'll make yeah. your shields more powerful, but it'll take power away from everything else. Um, I Like the last couple times I played it, I just kind of like... That stopped feeling like it really made a difference. Uh, it just kind of felt like a gimmick. Because really, no matter what, uh, it got to the point, at least in my experience, where, uh, you know, with, with all multiplayer games that come out, it's when, when they first come out, everyone's just going to be like, oh, what's this? I'm trying new things. I'm not that good at it yet. Uh, but after a while, people will start to get very, very, very good at it. And the meta will appear. And it will sometimes not be what the devs intend. Uh, and if the devs intended for... Uh, the Empire to just absolutely sweep every single match that involves getting points for killing things, then by God, why? <laughs> because people who learned how to play the TIE Fighters really, really well... Well, because you, you had just, less to worry about with the TIE Fighters, because you, you didn't have to worry yeah. about diverting power to shields, so you always had either mm -hmm. full speed or full weapons. It's, and if I yeah. recall correctly, the way they compensated for that in the design is TIE Fighters had more hull in general than think, other ships i think so yeah. but with less of an ability to like repair on the fly because you don't have the shields but mm -hmm. i i recall playing that a lot and i never played it to the point where one-sided stomps were super common but i think by the time i'd stopped playing the game we were hitting the point of the people that were still around were people that were really into flight games and so you couldn't find, like, a match that was more casual. It was always, okay, we're going to go 100% because this genre is so niche. Um, which is why I think I had more fun with the single player. Just because it's yeah. a type of game that I think I love the multiplayer being present. And I really liked the whole um, takeover, like, an armada of ships coming and, like, destroy their big yeah. capital ship. It's super fun mode. Kind of wish it was just with AI. <laughs> A Not bit, players. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that's yeah. that was one of the biggest surprises of this entire game was like how good that single player was because not only could mm -hmm. you play essentially the same story from both perspectives of the empire and the rebels but it had a good amount of variety from level to level like the one that always stands out to me is the one where it's using mines right so you're in that asteroid field and you have to set up these different like mines everywhere to like set them off later as like a um it's been a minute since i've played it so correct me if i'm wrong but it's like a 
like a patrol of of empire ships is coming through and so you have to like set off these mines in order to like damage the the patrol it was mm-hmm. really cool it was like a it wasn't just like a normal battle because not only was it in a an asteroid field but you had these other uh you had these other things that were going on while you were fighting and it was, it was really really interesting yeah yeah I, I think ultimately at least for me I mean, we, we've talked before about, like, oh, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that games, like, in general, seem to be moving at least a little bit in every single way uh, towards, like, being a service and just constantly, like, adding things. Um, and I, I sometimes will be the, the grumpy old man and be like, oh, just release the whole game and why, why bother having to add extra stuff later? But I think in this case, this is the kind of game where it's like, oh, so we're going to get, like, new maps and all the other like starfighters that aren't here right and they were like oh oh, oh sorry what you want uh and then they just kind of like threw the the b-wing and the other tie fighter at the wall and we're like all right that's that's all we had <laughs> so bye and they didn't well, really add um, anything post launch i feel like that's more on ea than on Definitely. the actual developers Definitely. because we, we knew from the start that Squadrons was not going to be a live service game. It was not going to be mm-hmm. a living game. It was going to be a game that released in the state it was that would exist and probably get like a few balance patches and then nothing else. Because um, if I recall correctly, the B-Wing and I think it was the TIE Interceptor that got added or TIE Defender. The Defender the or something. Yeah, yeah that uh, when those got added, they were like things that had been in progress but were cut at some point and they were like, okay, there's it enough interest sense. to finish this and give them to people so yeah i i think squadrons i think for being a 40 dollar quote-unquote budget release uh i don't regret any of the the time i've spent with it and i think it, oh, for yeah. the price it was certainly a good game but man i would love to see them take that idea of like space combat where you're dogfighting and you have like this story going on between your factions and put it into a game that is like more high budget and has more development behind it, um, especially with something like if they have some kind of on foot section, even if it's not like combat heavy, but more instead of like the you land and you have like this little visual novel menu of people you can talk to. Yeah, that's just weird. like let me walk around the base. I don't care about doing anything, but let me walk around the base a little bit. I I do wonder how, and the game may not have been made at all. Um, if if this situation was the case but i do wonder how much of this game was affected by the turnout of battlefront 2 right because it's in a way yeah. it's the exact opposite <laughs> battlefront 2 came out oh my god gigantic budget 60 dollars. we're gonna shove it full of microtransactions and we're gonna we're gonna have like flight stuff we're gonna have on foot stuff we're gonna have vehicles we're gonna have a story we're gonna have this crazy multiplayer we're gonna have everything and it was a disaster <laughs> as yeah. i all, think as what happened I would be willing to bet that Squadrons exists because Battlefront 2 had so many people yelling that it didn't have space combat at the start. Like, true space combat. It had the the weird controls, didn't it? It wasn't like the actual space battles, wasn't it? The, the like, fighter mode. Starfighter Assault. Yeah, those controls are simple for that, but I honestly prefer them more than... uh, squadrons Uh, you might be thinking of the (laughs) original uh, i might be thinking of the original um because i know they had like weird like you had to do like the only way to dodge was like a button like you were flying a banshee or something and from halo and so there was no well you couldn't like do full turns you had to yeah that was range of motion that was the first one um i'm betting squadron started development after that 
pushback that happened mm-hmm. as probably a prototype for a battlefront mode that never happened which then got retrofitted into its own game that's my like head fiction of what actually probably led to the development of that game because i i think in my own in my own fiction i think what happened was it was a project that was already going to be made and because of how Battlefront 2 turned out, they're like, okay, we're going to go in the complete opposite direction. We're going to focus just on, you know, space combat, and we're going to we're going to keep it modestly budgeted, no live service, because that's a, you know, taboo term, especially when it comes to EA. We're just going to go in the yeah. polar opposite. But because they were able to just focus on making the game as good as it can be, it's something that people wanted more from. And so they went in the opposite direction in a bad way. It was kind of like they misread yeah. the tea leaves a little bit. <laughs> you know? I, I can agree with that, yeah. Yep. Because if if Battlefront 2 had gameplay that didn't feel like I was walking on thumbtacks, uh, then I would have wanted all like the live service things that they were adding, and I probably, you know, because the game's fun enough to play, I would have played it enough to appreciate like the things that they started adding later for free, especially a lot more. Uh, but I... I whether it's like whether whether that's like reactionary or whatever from EA's point of view, I feel like that's definitely what happened and why a lot of people don't really bother with it anymore because yeah. it's just yeah whether whether people knew it was going to be live service or not, I feel like you know that that can change to a degree with like you see people reacting to a game that just came out that is going to be a live service and planning that people really like it. So you know you already did a little bit with the the B wing and stuff. I. I I don't know. It it might not have been a waste of time and money to try to add some more, but at the same time, I don't know. I I bet they probably were like the size of the team that we'd have to pull away from other stuff to continue doing live service Mm -hmm. and like the impact it would have had on our other projects probably is the big reason it didn't get more of a push. So I mean, what's Criterion working on? And that would have been really bad. Criterion is working on the next um, need for speed, I believe. Okay. Right now, because they're they're so, typically a racing game developer, so, so that's maybe what you know led to the small team is because they're working on yeah a franchise that's a little bit more yeah it's just an interesting game uh, I think because conversation died out relatively quickly about it that it would be interesting to bring it up again uh, yeah, and good it. point it's on Game Pass now so I wonder it's, it's probably got a big player base for May fourth so I need to go play some more multiplayer at some point because. Be a fun time to to revisit that game a little bit, but it is yeah. it, and it is one of those games where um like the people who are playing it now are experts and they know exactly what they're doing and it's not new player friendly. Like as much as I, I do wonder because the love, game pass inclusion I bet will have changed that a little bit. That will help. I, I'd agree with that. But it's 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 an issue a lot of games have. Like we all love Titanfall two. That became that kind of had the same issue as well. You have to be really good at aiming to play Titanfall yeah. two right now because. Yeah. It is so fast paced that the people that have been playing are really gonna own Plus, the room. The only way the only way you're gonna be able to play right now is through like a separate client. The community people, thing. Yeah. The, the people the that people, go through that process are really good. Yeah. yeah. It's so. it's unfortunate that it's that it's in that. But you have a good, like well rounded single player if you know if you still really wanna if you still really right. want your Star Wars space game. So did anyone else have Star Wars games they want to talk about? I don't want to take over the room the whole time. I do. I do. Go for Both. it. 
<laughs> I, 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 I'm glad you gave me the uh, the next one because I had a segue because we were talking, you know, uh, their uh, Criterion's making Need for Speed. Uh, you know, if, if I know EA doesn't solely own the Star Wars thing anymore, I hope that doesn't mean that they'll never make another Star Wars game again because they sometimes can be good. Where's 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 our uh, Star Wars pod racer uh, new? Uh, yes, please. Uh, yep. And and I say this because that's what I played. Um, I had not played uh, either because I think there's two of them of the Star Wars Episode One pod racer games, uh, but it was on sale on the Xbox One backwards compatibility for like seven bucks or something because probably it's Star Wars Day. I will note um, Star Wars Episode One Racer currently three dollars on most platforms. Oh, <laughs> dude! I, for for three bucks especially, if any time you see that game below ten bucks, I'd say snag it. And this is from the point of view of someone who has never played it as a kid, but just pretty much dumped an entire afternoon into just doing that because I was like, this this, this is all right. And then like three hours later, yeah, this is all right. And like three more hours later, I was like, all right, this is like kind of sucking up my entire day <laughs> because it's really it's really fun. And it's in it's, it's uh, easy simplicity. to lose time, too. It's exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the, the race is especially like, it's interesting because if you see like a longer, uh, Mario Kart track, uh, something like Matt Wario from Mario Kart 8, it'll usually like that. That's pretty much just like a glorified straight line. If there's yeah. three laps, but it's just like, there's, there's no like round back to the beginning. It's just like a longer thing that just goes down. They don't try to make you go through a longer track for all three laps or anything like that. Star Wars Pod Racer doesn't care. If you if one lap takes you three minutes, get ready for a nine minute race. And if you don't place in the top four, get ready to do it again, <laughs> because that is that is the thing. Um, and uh, that could be annoying sometimes. Um, but at the same time, it's just like it's so old where the jank is kind of funny. Uh, it's part of the enjoyment. Exactly, yeah. Like you move at such a blindingly fast speed because uh, there's there's parts you can buy, and so just for fun, I I, I tried to buy um, you know the the highest top speed increasing booster as fast as I could to just go like 800 miles an hour without parsecs or whatever. Uh yeah, <laughs> which was terrible, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's just amazing, just like going like 800 miles an hour and just like. <clears throat> One one of your side fins clips an invisible wall akin Ooh. to flying a jet into an antenna in Battlefield 4 and you just erupt in flame. It's it's amazing. It's so like th there are sections where like half the track is flat and then half the track is ramp because there's a lot of like split paths to try to split up the racers. So you could take like a faster secret shortcut yeah. or something like that. If you aren't exactly on the ramp when it's going up and you're kind of in the middle at some point because this is before game design was invented, uh, the space between the ramp and the normal track becomes an invisible wall. Oh, no. So if you aren't right on the ramp, you just explode. <laughs> and it's just that happens so many <laughs> times. Uh, it, it's like crazy. A, a little bit. That That is what made me be like, okay, no more of this for now, because that just kept happening. Um, but I, for, for like a novelty, like if you just want to play it like every year for Star Wars Day or something, and you see it for like five or three bucks or whatever, it's just so much dumb fun. You get to play as every single dumb, 
like unnamed dropped pod racer from episode one. They all look absolutely horrible because it's N64 yeah. graphics and they're made out of like triangles. Uh, you could you could play as Ben Quadrineros. You could play as the little blue crazy frog creature that goes. <laughs> you could play as the guy that goes and then explodes. You could play as all the horrible looking creatures you want. You can customize their pod racers to, with, with reckless abandon. Um and then the the only only downside, like actually that I could think of, uh, is that it just kind of plays the same like John Williams song over and over again. Uh, so I just I, I I turned the music off and I just started listening to Eurobeat really really loudly. Yeah, listen to the F Zero soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of dumb fun. If if you're ever on the fence of it, I'd say pick it up because it's pretty it's pretty good. I need to go back and play it because I have uh, I played it way back when it came out when I was a small child and very good times were had so mm-hmm. I'm sure I would enjoy revisiting it on a modern platform <laughs> oh totally it probably runs a lot better than it used to I would assume uh, all right. if you can get it to run <laughs> I mean it's they just put it out on a bunch of stuff so I'm sure it'll getting it to run is probably not a challenge anymore I will at least on the Xbox One, it like the frame rate is solid, but I think the render distance might be even worse than like the worst <laughs> render distance I've ever seen That's, in my uh, life. Like wait. the ground outside the track will sometimes just like disappear, and Excellent. like the, you'll you'll see where the skybox ends before like the mountains in the like in the background load. It's we're, really we're, awesome. We're talking worse than Superman sixty four. Well, because that had it's, fog to obscure it. There's no fog. <laughs> yeah, Pod Racer was also an N64 game. Yeah, it was. I think there's a port on Switch, so I don't know if yeah, the Switch port fares better than a maybe Xbox, uh, backwards compatibility. But um, I had quite a journey trying to get some Star Wars, some older Star Wars games to run on my computer. Um, mm-hmm. if, if we're if we're changing subjects, by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to. If Brett's the, uh, done, unless he, no, I'm if done, Brett yeah. feels the intense burning desire to make Wyatt not continue talking. <laughs> I need to talk about Star Wars Episode One Potters for the next forty-five minutes, and no one can stop me. Oh, no should, one. I, should I go take okay. a nap then? <laughs> no, I'm just if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've had I've had quite the journey trying to get some of these Star Wars games to run. I think I was telling Ryan about it a little bit. Um, yeah. Because you know I can't go for a whole month without having weird technical problems trying mm-hmm. to play video games. That's just not how. My not life. possible. It's not possible. So the first one, um, I want to do a lot of the Dark Forces slash um, Jedi Knight stuff because it's not something I have a lot of familiarity with. It's been sitting in my Steam library forever, and I was like, this is the time. Um, so I booted up the first Dark Forces, and it is a very good, like, old-fashioned, you know, Doom, Doom 1-style shooter. It's very, with very... With surprisingly good voice acting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it sounds great. Um, I was about to say it looks great. The problem that I have, this is, more of, this is more of a me problem than I think an issue with the game. Shooters like those, way back in the day, um, they have no anti-aliasing to speak of whatsoever. Um, and it, it creates this, this like very noisy, staticky look while you're playing that hurts my eyes a lot. It's just the resolution is limited to like 140 something. 
Yeah. And that's not if the that... game's fault. It's it's old. I you know, I'm not criticizing the game for it, but it really hurt especially with a game like that where you gotta be quick. You gotta, you know, finger on the trigger at all times, because it can it, it can really kick your ass out of nowhere. Yeah. So, so Wyatt, I also played Dark Forces uh, as a game to talk about, and I had a kind of a, the same but different experience with it. Um, I've played probably more Dark Forces than you have, I would bet. So I've, I'm getting pretty far, and I'm probably close to finishing it. So my thing with it is I don't mind the low resolution when I'm playing the level itself and, like, shooting things. I think it actually it is still charming to me in a way. What I don't like is when you have to interact with things around the map and there is no discernible way to tell what is and is not interactable because the resolution far away is super low. So you have to like face hug every wall looking for glowing bits that look like they might be interactable. Sometimes they're just part of the map. (laughs) Sometimes they're not interactable at all. But Old FPS um, feels, man. Jeez. And another another thing that's kind of part of that era of shooters too is it's it's a small thing because like not knowing what to interact with is very frustrating this one's minorly frustrating but comes up a lot is you have to be really specific about when you're picking up ammo and stuff you like you have to be like yeah. right over it which is a very small thing but it can kind of add up over time and get kind of annoying especially because <laughs> the default sensitivity for movement is very high so it's easy to like overshoot if you're not going in a straight line to it but no, I mean, I I had a lot of fun with the three levels that I had. It's just, it, it is charming, like you said, that that kind of, that era of shooters is charming. I just, it doesn't, I, I yeah. felt like, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like when you get really tired and your eyes get kind of like scratchy and dry. It was kind of, I was, it was getting like that after a while. Um, mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, so I'll just move on to um, Dark Forces 2. And I also had just weird technical problems getting that one to work. So I just booted up the game. I didn't want to mess with the settings at all. And half the screen was just black. And the other half had like inverted colors. And I could only see about half the screen. Ah, the wieting, Yeah. Yeah. And also for whatever reason, by default, the looking, the look up and down controls are inverted. Not for a vehicle on foot. I, I don't know why. This, this is, is actually very... this is really common in a lot of games from that era. Okay, but I don't. I'm not dumb. defending it. I'm just saying that this is <laughs> not a problem not unique a to this game. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to look up online. I had to tweak all sorts of settings and stuff, and eventually I got it to work. The problem is trying to run it at a resolution above like. 600 p or whatever um yeah you get that weird like you know half of your screen just doesn't show up and the other half is like inverted colors the problem is if you just run it normally at like a really low resolution it's really stretched out so it's like you can barely see you're supposed to be able to see like your hand and like the you know the gun that your hand's holding and stuff but it's like barely off screen so you can barely see like what you're using which is kind of frustrating depending on the guns, so like the smaller pistol you start with, you can barely see it. And then like the, mm-hmm. you know, E11 blaster is a little bit easier because it's a longer weapon. It just, it was very frustrating to like, it, it took a long time and a lot of restarts to get it to actually work properly, which was frustrating. And then yeah, when that's... I started playing it, 
it was really cool because first of all, it has these absolutely adorable FMV cutscenes that I love, mm-hmm. and they were amazing. A lost um, art, truly. Yeah, I I kind of oh, I kind of wish they they come back. I miss at some them. Point. <laughs> they're so bad and charming, and I love them. Um, but the game itself had some really fun level design. I think uh, m- mostly linear. It wasn't really like you know Doom One style, where it's very like maze like. It's mostly linear, but um, you know th- it has a lot of fun little uh, quirks in the level design. Yeah. Um, you know, you have enemies like dropping in from like the ceiling fan and stuff like that, or trying to shoot down at you. But yeah, the level design in a lot of the uh, older Star Wars games is surprisingly good. Even like in the original Dark Forces, I think it's very. Uh, it does the labyrinthine design in a way that doesn't feel super confusing most of the time. Yeah. Aside from when you're searching for a switch, pacing. it doesn't slow down the pacing, which sometimes that labyrinthine design can can do. And, and it stacks things on top of each other really well. It has a lot yeah. of verticality compared to like. OG Doom, of course, because Doom couldn't have like stacked areas in the original release, but even compared to some of the the later Doom levels that did, I think Dark Forces does a good job of it. Yeah, and it was... I was having a lot of fun with it, until I realized when you die, you go back to the beginning of the level. No (laughs) checkpoints, no three lives or respawns, whatever. And that continued until Jedi Academy, essentially. Like, that's in every Star Wars game, even the not, more modern ones. Can you not like Doom Engine like auto or quick save in the console at all, or you just I have no, like, no way to quick save. I have no idea. I didn't. know. Which one did you find it a problem with, Wyatt? Um, mostly it was it was just uh, Dark Forces Two where I first noticed it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I haven't started playing Dark Forces Two, so I don't know if Dark Forces Two is also DOS box. But if it is, there is a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but yeah I couldn't tell you how because I've never done right and there are some people that really like that because it, it adds a lot of urgency um, to you know to combat and stuff I personally find it aggravating as hell and I don't find it to be like a um, a proper like um in, like incentive or, or or a proper like um penalty i i just find it very annoying because like i was this close to finishing like the third level and then i was supposed to make a jump and i missed felt I, full health like full ammo and everything i missed and i fell down this pit so i had to start the whole level over again yeah and i just i was like all right screw this <laughs> like mm. some people like that i don't it's not my thing so i put that down and then I finally settled on uh, Republic Commando, and Republic Commando is awesome. <laughs> it hasn't dated perfectly. Um, it has very when I say linear level design, I mean like it is a tunnel, it is a corridor shooter. But I think it makes up for it with the amount of uh, options that they squad mate commands and whatnot, or make it feel a lot more natural than some other corridor shooters from the same era. It is amazing to me that this game that came out in what, like early 2000s, I want to say like 2004, something like that, has so much better AI than what we have today. It's crazy. So many awesome little touches. Like, perfect example, if you're... If your troopers are... If your squad mates are in front of you and you're shooting at something, they will duck down and, like, 
the like crouch walk so that you can shoot over them so that they're not getting in your way. Just Ooh. awesome little touches like that. And yeah. oh, it's it's so cool because it's like okay, I want you to get like we we got to take out that turret and then I want someone to like get that turret and then we want to blow up these like crates so we can um so we can move in and get like some of the ammo and like get another on another turret and stuff like that. And it just there's so many options that you can that you can do within a single fight and it's so so much fun and like the little little like hand gestures you do when you're controlling your guys around for different commands and stuff oh it's so great it's so much fun um and it a lot of the uh the like game feel surprisingly and just the design in general surprisingly holds up really really well like there's a lot of good like kickback and sound design for the weapons um there's you know there's a lot of great chatter between the squad um that gives them a, you know not the most like unique personalities in the world but it gives them a personality which mm. at the time is something that clones didn't have because the show wasn't out at the time which was really yeah. what cemented the like clone trooper personality and so this was the first time i feel like these these clones were given any type of character and it was sorely yeah. sorely needed back in the day um i i yeah. have to i have to wonder uh why because you you mention uh, and I would agree with you that the AI and not only Republic Commando, but a lot of older games, whether it's like actual like programming or just like little touches, like how like the the fear AI will like talk about like, oh, he's behind the crate in the back corner of the room or whatever. Um, I Because people always ask, where is the new Republic Commando game? I want a new Republic Commando game. Do you really want to play Halo 5 again? <laughs> Do people really want to play Halo Five again? Like, I just wonder how 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 would that be handled? You know, obviously there isn't an answer because this, this is not real. It's not a game that exists. But I do wonder if like Halo Five div entirely divested from Halo, not a Halo mm -hmm. game anymore. Throw the Star Wars coat of paint on, set it in the Clone Wars era. You're playing clones and you're hunting down like a rogue clone or something. Does that game fare better with just the same mechanics, same gameplay feel? No, I, I can't. I can't tell you because I haven't played Halo Five because I don't have anything to play it on. But oh, I wonder. Here, here's the other. Here's the other thing too, and I've pointed this out before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you know, uh, one of the designers that worked on the the squad commands and stuff worked on Halo Five, which is shocking when you compare the two and how well <laughs> those two turned out. Um, here's the thing, though. One thing that Halo 5 was missing in terms of its squad commands that that um, uh, Republic Commando has is just more options, right? So in mm -hmm. Halo 5, it's like, okay, pick up this weapon, uh, go to this turret, heal this person, right? That was kind of it. In Republic Commando, there's a lot more. There's, there's a whole range of, like, whole squad commands and not just for the individual squad mate, right? It's like, okay. It's a lot more equivalent to, like, Mountain Blade than it is... Yeah. It's like most FPS formations. Games. It's it's more of like a streamlined uh, uh, Ghost Recon in a way, because Ghost Recon also. Or am I thinking of the right Tom Clancy? You're thinking of Ghost Recon, Clancy? yeah. Right. Um, okay. The modern Ghost Recons. The older one, I don't remember if it had it, but I, I played a bit of Wildlands recently, and it does have a lot of those squad mechanics. I think I think some from... of the older ones had it too, where it was a lot of like slow taking your time, like setting up your squads in the right spot and everything. And this is a more yeah, because most of my older Ghost Recon experience, or Tom Clancy game is with uh, Rainbow Six, was always my my game, 
which I don't recall having a lot of squad mechanics. I think it was mostly multiplayer mm-hmm. focused in terms of like you group up to take down the terrorists and whatnot. It might have been Rainbow Six. Like the original Rainbow Six had a lot of like squad command uh, commands and that kind of thing. I would but... say there is an entire era of games from Republic Commando's time. Um, SWAT is a, a franchise that doesn't get made anymore, but SWAT 4 still is one of the best like tactical shooters that exists where essentially your goal is to like command your squad to clear out a building of uh people in a way that it causes the least amount of collateral damage right because you're playing a SWAT team and so your your goal is to like actually clear it out and that's the the closest thing that I think nails the experience of Republic Commando but those games are are obviously a lot more real and very um you don't have the the layer of separation from reality that you have with Star Wars that I think adds a lot to it, where I'm not suddenly confronting the reality of what it's like to take down a drug operation. I would much rather confront the reality of what it's like to be clones. You don't buy any death sticks. Don't buy any death sticks. But I do think I do think part of the problem is I feel like the bad AI in Halo Five could have been remedied if you had a little bit more control over them. Because you had you had less options than you did in Republic Commando, and I feel like if you had the same yeah, like suite of options, I feel like that would have made things a lot easier. Because again, mm-hmm. you have commands that command the whole squad, so it's like, okay, I want you to defend this area specifically, and then they would go to that area and they try and find the best cover from wherever the enemy was coming from. Or it's like, I want you guys to form up on me, like take offensive formation, and it just had more options. And I feel like you could go back. You, you, it could be made today with much better AI because I also think the problem is with Halo Five. It was a, a feature that was like tacked on. I totally it wasn't. Felt like that, yeah. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, that's how it felt. It was like, okay, uh, squad mechanics. Let's get the guy from Republic Commando to do yeah. like three <laughs> weeks of worth of work or something. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you'll you'll be like mashing a command and they'll just be sitting there. Because here's the thing, too. I even within three four three, their AI has improved. I would say like Mm -hmm. the 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 um uh, the Marine AI in Halo Infinite, and we had a long conversation about this. But I think we can all agree their AI is is better there Mm -hmm. than it was in five because they would make a lot of even if it was kind of silly. It's like oh, they knew kind of like what weapons to pick up for the right situation, or like if you gave them a crappy weapon. Yeah, outside of an actual firefight, they were a lot smarter. I think. <laughs> but still, I think I think it could be remade today. I think the level, I think things that I would want for a sequel is like a little bit wider level design because I'm literally talking sometimes like you're going down a, like a like a. I mean, just imagine why it. We literally right now they've been producing the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. perfect squad. Exactly. I think we've talked about Commando that exact thing game. a couple times. Like yeah, we've mentioned it once or twice, but I'm like that would be. You have the IP, you're currently producing it. It's a thing that, like, this makes perfect sense. It's the, You could use the Clone Wars art style, which is presumably a lot cheaper to do than the realistic oh, graphics yeah. you would need from any other thing. So just go for it. Like, just you make a Bad Batch game. have a squad game. with distinct personalities and distinct roles that you With specialties and... Because yeah. the only the only thing I think was missing from the squad commands, and this was probably done so that it, you weren't relying on them too much, is that... In the beginning, they're like, oh, okay, you have, like, your sniper guy, you have your, your this guy that does this thing. But you can order anyone to, like, hack a console. You can order anyone to take cover. You know, I, and I yep. feel like with, with you know, more modern, um, 
you know, tech, I think we could make AI that's more that can be more specific. And I, I actually will bring up. Um, I do think we have a game that is kind of nailing that squad successor. Metal Gear Solid Five has yeah near perfect buddies. The only like squad tactics limitation is you can only have one at a time, which is mm-hmm. does limit your options in a way that but I think that's what makes it. You know, yeah, that's what makes people. it good in Metal Gear <laughs> right. is you can you have to kind of choose how you're going to approach a mission at the start. But imagine like in a world where you could have D-Dog, your sniper, uh, and like your your robot thing at the same time. Oh, would yeah. that form like a really cool squad tactics shooter? Probably. Mm. Um, it'd have to be designed very differently, but I think that would you can just take those mechanics one to one and convert them and, and just build levels around them. And I think you'd end up with a really convincing uh, squad mm-hmm. tactics thing. I do want to say one thing before we move on, because I, there was one issue that kept um, cropping up every now and then. They did a little bit in the beginning, and then there was a whole, um, like, not level, but there was a whole sequence where maybe like two-thirds of that entire um, in level was like just you on your own. And you were trying to reconnect with your squad, which is interesting. And I like that idea of like, okay, here's how nice it is with your squad. Here's what it's like without them and how much harder it is. But it was too long because the game gets a lot more boring. <laughs> if you don't have a I squad to command, yeah. it just becomes another third. Generic first person another... shooter 27. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have for a little bit to show how nice it is to have your squad, but it went on for far too long. And they've done that a couple times. And I'm not a huge fan of it. Do it once, maybe twice, but that's it. Yeah, don't keep doing it. All right. Alex, unlike us, you are not incredibly addicted to Star Wars games as a franchise, but what you are addicted to you. is Lego sets. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> I got every Lego Star Wars set that I own, which now that I have, now that I'm looking at a list of them, feels like way too many. Um, but also not enough at the same time. Of course. As it goes. Um, As it goes work. And I've ranked them. But me saying oh. the entire list is going to get very long and very boring. So I'm going to give you uh, my my top three and bottom three. Good. Um, that's a, a good pick list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it waited. Um, and I'll start with the worst one. Okay. Um, and that is... Uh, from the Clone Wars era of the Legos, uh, set number 7752, Count Dooku's Solar Sailor. Um, I had this thing, Alex. I did too. I did too. And I'm going to tell you why it's the worst mm-hmm. out of all the sets that I own. <laughs> because I love the design of it. There's far, far too many pieces that stick out way too far and are connected with one tiny little hinge i also remember it collapsing constantly it collapses everything snaps off of it way too easily um and also most of the reasons why these are ranked good or bad have to do with um other people who have interacted with the legos um someone took one of the fins off of it and tried to stab me (laughs) when i was a child (laughs) that's true sith behavior (laughs) True degeneracy. Starting off young. Just standard Star Wars fan behavior. Mm-hmm. But but my god, was the design of that cool? I always like those those dome, sh- windowed spaceships type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next to last, pretty much the same problem. But there were no sharp 
parts for people to try to stab me with. Uh, the droid tri-fighter. Uh, number 8086. Uh, now, is the, this the... the, the is this the episode three just came out droid tri-fighter or is this the much later more recent droid tri-fighter let's see i'm asking I, because i had both <laughs> and i need I to the know which one you're talking one. about <laughs> yeah i believe it's episode three is, is it absolutely covered in stickers that peel and leave behind <laughs> paper marks on all of the pieces that they were on because if so that is the episode three version Say it seems like you're speaking from uh from experience here. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't think paper marks. There's there's only a couple on some of the fin. There's the like the the six pieces of the pie type thing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, do you have any of these sets with you right now to show off? I do not because most of them are in pieces. Oh, That's no. that is what happens to Star Wars sets. Yeah, Lego sets in general especially, after a while. Especially the the ones in the later one and my my favorite one. I cannot carry because it is far too heavy and cumbersome. Big, unfortunately, which is mm -hmm. I I should have ranked it lower because of how uh, hard it is to take around. But also, it, it's a set piece, really. Mm -hmm. Um, where's the list? There we go. Um, uh, third, last one, and this one um is because I'm stupid and step on Legos a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see you haven't even though immune yet. <laughs> I uh, I I've, I'm a big fan of those little um like the the double sets that usually come together or that don't come together, but then they're later released in the the mega packs where it's mm -hmm. you know it's it's, it's uh, you get the the droids on one side, you have their little you get uh, like a battle, that you, you have a build. turret, and you have the clones on one side. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of those. I got a good couple of those ones going. Um, I got the three hundred or three zero five eight. Stap mini droid hovercraft. Stap. Stap. Um and I like I liked it because of the little transparent stand. And when I separated to go vroom vroom with my mouth noises on it, you I set forgot a landmine for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That I love it. There is not really good reasons for, for this one for this one to be on the bottom. It's Legos. Any reason yeah. is a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, and I was looking through here, and I, I am, I'm a big fan of Sith ships here, or, oh, or uh, everyone is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I have um two General Grievous ships on here, two different versions of them. Um, I the the, uh though I think one of them is on the bottom of the best. I have eighty ninety five. Uh, I put in my notes another General Grievous ship. Uh, this one has a little personal. Uh, station where he has a chair you can sit on. He has a lightsaber rack. He has mm. a uh, attendant droid. Um, so that I, must be the bigger one. I they're around the same size, really. Because I remember um, I had when I was a kid the the little one that is like too small to fit the Grievous figure in it. Oh, the, uh, the micro set 80. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't want to say it's a micro set, but it was like accurately sized to a regular minifigure and not to the Grievous minifigure, which was oh, like no. bigger. <laughs> I so. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling back the images. Uh, this one, I do believe... Yeah, it had a really cool cockpit system where you could there uh, all the all the Grievous ships had really cool cockpit mechanisms to open mm -hmm. them up. But yeah, yeah. this one was he, his head was scraping on the top a lot. Um, you know, uh, 
pretty interesting middle of the road flippy bits. Uh, you had the the missile that could detach from the bottom center. You had the two uh, little compartments on each of the side wings that flipped out for the little mm-hmm. um, peg shooters. You had a fin on the back that could go up or down uh, behind it. Um, Excellent. Uh, above that, some type of single pilot quad ring craft that I couldn't find the name of anywhere for some reason, even though it was on the Lego Star Wars database. Um, hmm. Oh, okay. Here we go. Now, now we're getting up towards the top. Uh, the eighty eighteen armored assault tank, and I have in my notes Yoda, because this was the <laughs> first uh, set where I got my Yoda minifigure in. Oh, is Good. this the? This is probably the Clone Wars set. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's the blue tank. It's not. The I never had this tank. one, but I remember wanting it very badly. <laughs> I, I and I I really liked it because the, there's a nice door in the back of the tank goes yeah. down, creates a ramp. There's a little shuttle inside uh, that you can take out, and there's you know, uh, droid dispensers that way. But when you put the when you store the shuttle back in, there's a very satisfying click in in place for for it keeping there. So Gotta that's, have those. that's getting up there. Um. Right above that one, we have the Ewok attack and speeder. Uh, that is set like uh, seven uh, seventy one thirty nine, and that is the first set that I ever remember getting. I'm just mm. I'm a I was a huge fan of the uh, the, the 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 speeder scenes in the forest. And just, it's it's just like that course. shape, yeah. And that's and that that got me to why I like riding on my sparrow so much in Destiny 2 so Star Wars is to blame for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um then we got all right up here uh we got the General Grievous uh the 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 other General Grievous ship uh 7656 I believe this is the earlier one. 7, the OG ship. I believe so. yes, it, it's it's one of the early ones. I believe based on the Darth Vader head on the box, it's from two thousand three. Um, wow! Yeah, uh, the Grievous well, action figure doesn't have, have to be as many from decals 2005 on it because he was he wasn't in anything else. He was only in Revenge of the Sith. It, Revenge of the Sith was he was in, um, in the Clone Wars that came <laughs> okay. out before Revenge of the Sith as well. I believe the, the, the two. Uh, yeah, but I don't, think but, well, I don't know if his ship yeah, appeared in that. Okay, no, no, the the two different yeah there are two there's two different Darth Vader faces the 2003 one is him facing front the 2005 one is him with a three quarter view. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just and, thought the uh, the General Grievous minifigure just they couldn't quite get it. <laughs> it it's a little too complicated for a Lego minifigure. But... Yeah, and yeah, it doesn't doesn't have as many flippy bits, but it was a lot more uh, stable, and the 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 side wings did not. You know, have a tendency of coming off it also yeah. wasn't like 80 dollars for a gray ship yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a thing lego really is. likes to do yeah there there are so many re-releases of lego ships and well, then, it's and like uh it's like gundams they get redesigned relatively mm-hmm. often yeah. and are generally better but often increase in price <laughs> yeah all right and, and there's there to stop them though. here yeah. we go into the top four uh, number four, surprisingly, the Anakin and Obi Wan battle on Mustafar. I had that as a kid. Yeah. It was that with, the, with with the press down light up lightsabers. Yep, yep. that is what yes. jump started me, um, co- uh, making massive scale 
battles in, in my room at the time, just lining up each side and yeah. like stop motion going at it. My my very own turn based RPG in my head. Because <laughs> I'm in the you, you had the little the the little like shuffle sticks to move yeah, around. Yeah, that was so fun. Around. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so we have the Anakin Obi Wan battle. The uh, I believe this is also from the Co- Clone Wars era. The Magna Guard Starfighter. Um, yes. This one I, I viewed as you know, sort of similar to the Grievous ships, but with a lot cooler flippy bits. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've described it. And, oh, uh, huge cockpit. They finally got the size right, because the Magna Guard is really a cumbersome figure with his broad shoulders and cape yeah. and, and a staff and how it handles it. Um, but the cockpit, so it's in the front of the ship, unlike the Grievous one, which is in the back. You know, f- cool, sort of a wiry, big shuttle fuel thingy things on the side. <laughs> God, I I need to bring these down at some point. Um, but the 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 cockpit, it it uh, there's a lever on the bottom of the ship, I believe, where you flick it, and the cockpit goes both out and up like this at the same time. I love love Gotta double action like that. Yeah. Very good stuff. And also, you know, Mag- Magna Guard minifigure with the with a double staff that's purple. Can't go wrong with that really. Of course. Um limited bits of articulation because of how the the cape was was solid on the head bit though. Capes um, are always so difficult to do on action figures. Yeah. Number 2 uh, we have the set six two one two X wing. I'm gonna try to see the classic. Which I'm gonna try to remember which version of six two one two. Is it the one that comes with Yoda's hut? One. Uh, this is not the one that comes with Yoda's hut or okay. the one that's in the swamp. Let's... Unfortunately, six two one two. It's probably Luke's original. Uh, then. this is. Uh, just X-Wing Fighter TM. This is the one that comes with Han, Chewie, Leia, and Luke. Mm. Um, okay, yeah. And so R2-D2 just... in the, the, the back. Yeah. So it's I think it's literally the same one, if I remember correctly, because I know these things off the top of my head because there's something wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same thing as the one that came with Yoda's hut, just without Yoda's hut. <laughs> I'm pretty oh, sure they were at it like, the uh, same time, yeah. Because I remember really wanting that as a kid, and I got it for my birthday, and I was very happy. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, very fun crank stuff to get the wings to separate. Yep, I love um, how I built that in. That has not been whole for a very long time, unfortunately, and Same. I want to get it back together one of these days. Uh, but currently, I believe one of the characters I still have set up as riding one of the X-Wings engines uh, out of uh, falling from the sky, like in... Uh, Excellent. You know, um how I learned to stop worrying and love the atomic bomb style. <laughs> Every kid's um, favorite movie. <laughs> I, 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 I was a strange child. Um, oh yeah. And here we go. Number one, set six, two, one, one. They're right after each other. They have six, two, one, two, and then six, two, one, one. Uh, the star destroyer. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Now, this wasn't absolutely wasn't like the biggest or most complicated one. Um let's see. It's two one. There we go. I got that shaping right. Yeah. 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 It uh, you know, it had, you know, just 
enough like there there wasn't like the the super complicated cockpit or anything they had really fun uh laser articulation uh mm-hmm. bits of, like the turrets that could you know swing around and stuff it, it was shaped pretty well um and my god uh this thing had rooms on the inside of it that you could go around this had this yeah. had like the general uh area where there was the uh or the like the, the semi-general area where there's the docking and the, you have the escape pod that you can put characters in and there is a hole in the bottom that they can shoot out of if you ever have this thing elevated which i would not recommend mm-hmm. um but god that's that's so fun it came with two of the those red imperial guards which are just so cool design wise mm-hmm. um there was this weird sort of like butterfly-esque bit that you had to take off of it first to be able to open up the wings in like a book fashion. That was very fun, though unfortunately, you know, uh, didn't stay together all too often. Um, and then on the inside in the back, you have uh, Vader's incubation chamber. You have a little pedestal for his helmet, and then you also have a uh, room with a Palpatine hologram on it. Yep. Presumably... Yep. This is this is before he's been reincarnated by Jar Jar Binks, of course. Um, and then a you know, okay, uh, pretty okay cockpit with lots of control panels up up front with you know, room to put a good few minifigures in. And mm-hmm. this is the set that I did actually put together um, after a long time when it had been broken by a friend who came over said wow that's cool uh pulled over a bench because it was on the top shelf as i was displaying and was like yeah this is my best achievement ever he he pulls over a chair picks it up limply with two of his child-sized hands at the time and drops it yeah there's always one not only that one best friend that is no longer called that anymore (laughs) not only that he drops it on me. Oh no! <laughs> Do you know <laughs> how it feels hazards. to have an Imperial Star Destroyer break <laughs> on you? Hey, you you That's now horrific. feel what the Death Star Two fell in Episode Six. Good job. You now know what it feels like to get uh to have the Han. The, what's it called? The whatever maneuver. The uh, what was her name? In in last Holdo. Year, like the Holdo maneuver. Oh God! Right through a bunch of ships. I was about to say Hondo maneuver, but I'm like wrong character. <laughs> a better. Oh, there's character. also a um. <laughs> there's character. also a uh, articulated little arm, not grappling, like a uh, robot arm to that goes on a track where you can take the helmet and put it on Darth Vader. Oh, that's great. yeah, where it has little rubber grippies. Yeah. All right. So good. So after that incredibly wonderful Lego Star Wars rating. That brings us around to the the last thing. I just want to. I don't want to spoil Lego Star Wars because that game is very recent. But uh, that game came out, and we didn't talk about it at all. So I just want to give a very we brief. We talked about the first level of the game because it was like it came out like two days before we did the podcast. I was almost done when we talked about it. That, that's oh, a you problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do want to give an update after finishing that game wholly and and doing a bunch of the optional stuff. Very Holy. good Lego game. Mm-hmm. Yep, gonna give just the the hard wholehearted recommendation to anyone who wants a Lego Star Wars game, or just a Star Wars game in general. It, it's a good one. It's, it's a good about one worth picking up. Outside of 
online co-op and character customization, I think it's about as much as you could possibly ask for for a Lego Star Wars game. It covers pretty much everything you would possibly want covered in a Star Wars game. Oh, yeah, can, we, can we talk about how the how was the space combat with the being able to, to, to go into other ships? Was that... Uh, it is present. Yeah, it be? exists. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, think, I think the main way to put it, 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 it's not seamless. So if you want like No Man's Sky, it's not the same thing. But you do like go take down a ship and then move inside to like do a level inside of the ship to take it over. So it is it is like a very cool system. Um it's just not super in depth. So Yeah, it, it's definitely very fun, but it's not like a there's no like galaxy at war type thing here that you're like pushing and defending different areas. It's more that like you have a chance whenever you go to certain sectors that those ships will show up for you to deal with. So Yeah, it, it is definitely there though. Um and a lot of the capital ship interiors are basically just a, a level from the game put inside of a ship that you find in the free roam so yeah it, it's definitely worth messing around with and you unlock new missions by buying them and using them as player bases and like go inside and talk to people inside of it it's very cool all right so with that i think we're we're done with the big star wars day jam we did it we might still talk about Star Wars stuff a little bit next time, depending on if... Because uh, we're recording this before Star Wars Day, so there might be some Star Wars Day shenanigans that go on, and if they yeah. do, there will be... Uh, if anything interesting happens, that will be put up with the next podcast. But for now, that's the show. It's, we did it. It's time for shoutouts. I don't even have one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll start, uh, I'll turns start. out this is the last time we'll ever be talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is not banned. It's no longer Star Wars podcast. I'm going it. to see oh. while you do your shoutouts if I can bring one of the sets down as my oh, shout out. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, I don't want to shout out uh, Boba Fett as a show because it sucks. Um, but <laughs> what, I, what I will shout out is this hilarious detail at the end of the show. They play the the Boba Fett theme song one last time uh, at the end of the show. But it's a little bit different because if you've ever heard it before, they just start yelling Boba Fett in the theme where it, not, where it wasn't originally. And it is the goofiest thing I've ever heard. And it is hilarious. And I love so it. Dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb that it wraps back around to being really likable. <laughs> <laughs> in like a really dumb yeah. way. <laughs> I know what you mean. Ugh. It's a, I mean, a I, I have, thing. I have a like very that. uninteresting shout out because uh, it's just like... Go ahead, I'm bore us, Brett. Preaching to the <laughs> choir. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, every every so often it's like, man, I haven't played Halo 3 in like a couple months. Time to play Halo and then you 3 go again. Play it again, and it's just as good as you remember it being. And there's not a single problem in the whole entire campaign. Wow. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> if you skip one level in the entire game, I do skip the Cortana level. You're a Cortana baby who doesn't know how to get through it. No, it's not it's not that I don't know how to get through it. I just don't find it very fun. <laughs> 
I don't find it super enjoyable. It's but... it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm someone who also doesn't like fighting the flood. Wow. Alex, you look prepared. I was able to bring a bin down that had three sets. In it. Of course. Just really quickly. This is one of the sets that I could not find the number or the name for at all. The sh- oh, the that ship. thing. Yeah, Newt Gunner. Yeah, the, like little... Yeah. Uh-huh. Little, little blue-chested blue droid. Always fun crank. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting you just, like, toss it when you're done. <laughs> throw it off the... Uh, uh, we got a uh, hydra droid, I believe. Yep. Hyena, hyena droid. Hyena droid, yep. With the also very fun, spittable things. Very, very hard to get it to stand up properly. But very uh, cool, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very a little cool. articulated very neck cool. that I don't want to mess with with one hand. Oh dear God! And then we got. It's just barely. Wide enough. There, there he is. is. There he is. It's the scrapey boy. Yeah. Look at, look at, look look at that those little pieces. condensed figure. That's look at the that. one that was like 60 bucks. Look at that gamer posture. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's got the... Uh... <laughs> Looks like just a miniature bionicle. Oh, yeah. It does, and yeah. These, these wonderful flippy bits, though, you got. Oh, yeah. Gotta pull those missiles down. Alex likes his flippy bits. I, I love my flippy bits, Wyatt. It's, it's I the love tactile feeling bits. of flipping some bits. <laughs> and then we got the uh, just a uh, massive missile that he drops. Of course. All right. That's my shout out. Legos are amazing. Yes. So and they're coming I up with biodegradable bricks. That is always a plus. I I've been playing a little little JRPG recently called Blue Reflection. The Second yes. Light, which is a very strange game. Uh, it's it's made by people that make the Atelier games, which are just feel-good little JRPGs where you make potions and other items in a shop. And it's, it's all about doing nice town things and, and getting your alchemy license. No, no world-ending threats to contend with. Blue Reflection is that studio's take, a gust, on a magical girl JRPG? And it's really interesting. Uh, it's it, you would think somebody would have made a good one before, but I think the closest <laughs> thing that I've ever played before is the like Neptunia games, which are actually just like weird Japanese criticisms of the game industry <laughs> in JRPG huh. form. Yeah. So yeah, I've been having a good time with that. Uh, there's gonna be some video will come out about Blue Reflection. I've been recording the entire playthrough. Um, to com- compile something to explain the feelings that I'm feeling on that game once uh, I'm done with it. But it's a very interesting one. Uh, I think it's it's definitely filling a, a very unique space in RPGs that you don't really see a lot of games do. So it's very interesting. I've been having a lot of fun with that. With that, with that show's over. As always, Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time on the podcast platform of your choice... Except for this week, because this week's different. It's, it's coming on Thursday, but on Wednesday. Yeah. Next next time, it'll be Tuesday. And then there might also be another like 20-minute episode, depending on how long it takes us to talk about the other thing we're going to talk about after this. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. Lots of news this week. <laughs> <laughs>